Hey there and welcome to Soul Church. Our prayer is that this message encourages you wherever you may be in life. You know, we've been hearing so many stories about what God is doing in people's lives and we'd love to hear yours. So take a second and send your story to stories at soulchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us today and we hope that you enjoy the message. God bless. Thank you. Well, good morning, church. Thank you. Good to see you all. Well, that was a frosty start, wasn't it? It's warm in church. What an atmosphere. Alan just turned to me and said, they keep coming. He's talking about the people. Every seat taken again. Look at this. What an incredible church we have. Even in the coldest day of the year so far, everyone's ready to be warmed up by God's word and receive from God's word. And so good to see you all. So why don't you... uh, In fact, why don't we pray and then we'll take a seat. Thank you to those who are joining us online today. Come on, let's welcome our online uh, church from all over the world. We're blessed. We get messages from every single part of the world saying, hey, the message has blessed us. We love the worship. And so we're just so part that that we are able to have a global influence from from this platform and uh, through the incredible, incredible generosity of our church. So Father God, we thank you for what's about to take place. Lord, we thank you, Lord. We haven't come here today, Father God, just to tick a box. We haven't come here today because someone asked us to. We've come here today because we're all hungry and we all need a touch from Jesus. So, Father, I pray that you'd walk through the aisles, Father, that you would touch every single person. Chantel's already prayed. I know that people are battling depression, disappointment, financial crisis in people's lives. And today I pray that you would meet them where they're at, Father God. And they would receive fresh strength and direction and wisdom for their lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, just give God some praise. Then you can find your seat. Thank you, worship team. Do you guys want a sports report? It's been a year. Long may it continue. That's the sports report. Okay, I'm just going to stay quiet for now. We're midway through our uh, our New Year's series, Tipping Point. And um, in 2006, many of you will have read a book by Malcolm Gladwell. He wrote called The Tipping Point. And his big idea was that a viral spread uh, is the result of repeated behaviors that builds a critical mass. And when that tipping point is reached a breakthrough will occur and a collapse of a dam or a persistent trickle into a flood. And I believe that the same principle will apply to us spiritually. There are tipping point moments in the spirit. And as we pray and as we fast and as we give and as we forgive and as we trust, and if you missed last week's message, I did a message called The Big Five, which was the starting point for the, for the series. And I encourage you to um, catch up on YouTube on that. But one of the names of God is Baal Parazim, which means God of the breakthrough. God of the breakthrough. And God wants to break through in your situation. There is no situation or circumstance that is too far gone that God cannot turn around. Whether you're here today and you're on the verge of a collapse in a marriage or on the verge of a collapse financially, your business, relationally, whatever it is, God can still turn things around in your life. Because his name, he cannot lie, and his name is, his, his name is Baal Perizim, which is God of the breakthrough. So who's believing God for a breakthrough in 2023? Well, it gets good hands, that one. 
We're seven days into this 21-day fasting, and I want to encourage you for the next 14 days to keep trusting God as you pray. And as the Bible says, our key verse for the series is pray without ceasing. And could we be one prayer away, two prayer away from God doing something miraculous and turning things around and breakthrough in our lives? Um, if you didn't get a prayer card last week, um, this is our 21-day prayer and fasting guide. If you didn't get that in the room, would you just slip up your hand? If you haven't got one of those, our host team will make sure we, 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 we give you that. Um, if you're watching online, if you head to soulchurch.com, you can download the digital PDF version of the prayer card as well. I also want to say thank you to everyone who showed up for our prayer gathering on Wednesday at midday. Great turnout this week. Believe in again for this week. And um, just for 30 minutes, we're taking time to pray and seek God. All right. Now, for the first five minutes of this message, don't switch off, okay? Because it gets going about five minutes in, all right? So don't, don't, if you, but if you miss this, you kind of miss the premise of the message, all right? So in, in, in the Bible, there are 37 recorded miracles Jesus performed on earth. Now, we know that he would have performed many, many more than that. Um, I spoke a message last year called Little Miracles. We know that uh, there, there were many, many, but there were 37, we say big ones, 37 big miracles. <clears throat> the fourth of these miracles was a very famous one where Jesus performed... Um, uh, miraculously turned five loaves and two little fish and it fed 5,000 hungry mouths in the middle of a field. Now after this miracle, Jesus, the Bible says, was tired. Now I don't think it was just the miracle that tired him out. I think it was the fact the Bible said he preached all day. Now I preach sometimes uh, two or three times. It's very tiring, okay? It, it might not look tiring, but it can be tiring, okay? Emotionally, because you give yourself out. And Jesus has, has taught for, all, for the whole day, and he's really tired. And the Bible says at the end of the day, he goes to the mountain. He, he, he breaks away from the crowd, and he withdraws. The next day, the people who've received the free bread received their free lunch, they are infatuated by what they've seen. And they cross the river to find Jesus. And this is where we're going to pick the story up in the Gospel of John chapter 6. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, this is what they would call Jesus, this was a teacher, when did you get here? Jesus answered, Verily, truly, I tell you, you're looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, because you ate the loaves and you had your fill. Hello. Verse 33, for the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Verse 34, sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Jesus made seven key statements in the gospel about who he was. He said, I am, seven times. He said, I am the light of the world. I am the door for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the vine. But his very first statement of describing himself is he describes himself as I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Jesus knew Imagine going, you, you, imagine going away on holiday and suddenly you turn and everyone at work has chased you to, hop on, chased you to your holiday. But what are you doing? This is my time to rest. This is my time to break away, to refuel. And Jesus 
finds this crowd of people that the day before he has fed chasing him across Israel. And Jesus knew what these people were after. They were not seeking him because they'd seen a supernatural act. They were seeking him because they wanted some more lunch. They wanted some more bread. The crowd just doesn't get it. They just want Jesus to perform another magic trick. So Jesus gets really explicit with the crowd. And he says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me will never thirst. And they start grumbling because he's not doing the multiplying of the bread moment. And verse 42 says, isn't this Jesus, the son of Joseph? We know his mum and dad. They're just saying he's just, he's just, a, just a, an anyone. Verse 43, Jesus answered them. He says, do not grumble amongst yourselves. In other words, I don't just want to fill your belly for a few hours. I want to give you something even greater. I want you to come to me, not because you want to be filled just physically, but because you want to hunger and thirst for something even greater than what you experienced in the field yesterday. I want you to eat living bread. I want you to feast on me. I want to give you something that you will be truly satisfied with. You see, yesterday obviously didn't fully satisfy you because today you've come looking for something else. And Jesus draws this connection. These two things are happening here. He draws this connection. It's a universal connection between physical hunger and the experience of spiritual hunger. Completely different. Two hungers. And all of us have been naturally hungry. My wife calls me when I'm hungry, hangry. And all of us have eaten food to satisfy our hunger. And we need food, we need natural food. But there is another hunger so much deeper than physical hunger, which is spiritual, spiritual hunger, and Jesus addresses this in that moment. And our world right now is hungry. People are desperately trying to find something to fill the gap in their lives. They, they think it might be a new car or a new job or something, and then we get the new car, we get the new job, we get the new house, and yet we still have this this, this hole, this thing, this desire in our life that nothing seems to be able to fill. And the day before, the people have thought, yeah, we, we feel fine, but the next day, the physical hunger comes back. So Jesus has to address this. He says, I need to address something greater than what happened yesterday. Bono speaks for many when he sang, but I still haven't found what I'm looking for. The very existence of this desire is testimony to the very existence of God. The very existence of the desire that money can't fill, drugs can't fill, sex can't fill, 
All these things that we try to fill in this God-shaped gap in our lives is the very testimony that there has to be something out there that can fill the desire that is placed in our heart. And Jesus sees this in the people and he says, I need to talk to you. Yesterday we, we did the natural bread thing, but today I want to share something that can fill the big gap in your life. Because I am the bread of life. Not the bread just to fill that physical meal, but I'm something greater than what you experienced yesterday. And they were seeking Jesus in the passage, the crowds, and verse 24 says they were seeking Jesus and they found him. But the reality is just because they found him, many of them didn't find him. Because they were seeking a handout. But Jesus offered them something even greater than a handout. He said, I'm going to give you something greater than just natural bread. I'm going to give you something that you'll never hunger or thirst for again because it's everlasting. I am, he said, the bread of life. And for some, that wasn't good enough because what they wanted is some free bread because we all like a freebie. We all like a handout. Jesus said, no, I, I want to give you something that's even greater than a fish sandwich, I want to give you something greater, something that you'll never hunger or thirst again if you receive this. You know, in our culture, bread is no longer that big of a deal. And uh, we go to a restaurant and we, we get a basket of bread, don't we? Sometimes they're the restaurant, it's like the appetizer before the appetizer, isn't it? Who loves the moment when you get to the restaurant and the bread arrives? I love that moment, okay? Especially when you pick it up and it feels warm. Oh, yes. Warm bread, the smell. All right, I want a real honesty moment here. Has anybody gone to, let's just say, a nice restaurant, maybe an expensive restaurant, and they bring out the bread and you start filling up on it? I think restaurants shoot themselves in the foot, I think. I think, I think they, they, they do better because I think if they want people to buy a dessert. But I love this moment. And I love kind of in half, especially when you're fasting. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> I love it. And I'm a, I'm a little bit Italian at heart and I like dipping it into the oil and the vinegar. Any, any dippers out there? Anyone thinking, you see people do that in the restaurant and you think, what are they doing? We're the dippers. Just give us a wave, all the dippers. We need to hang out more. <laughs> we go to a restaurant and bread is, it's an extra. It's often a freebie. It's a side dish. It's an entree. Sometimes they just slip it onto the end of the table. But nobody actually just goes to a restaurant for bread. I mean, you wouldn't go to Middleton Steakhouse for the bread. You go for the steak. The bread is, just happens to be on the side. You, 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 know, you, you, don't, you, you don't go to uh, an Indian just for the naan bread. Although it is good. <laughs> Even better when you're fasting. You don't go to McDonald's for the sesame bun, do you? I mean, have you, you... The bread is just a, a small part of the experience. But what's so incredible is back in Jesus' time was... The bread, it wasn't a side dish, it wasn't an entree, an appetizer, it wasn't just something that was slung on the end of the table. The bread was the main thing. The bread was the center point of the table. 
And the Bible says on so many occasions, it says that Jesus broke bread. Jesus broke bread. Back in Jesus' day, it was the main meal. It wasn't just something left at the end of the table. It was put right in the center. When Jesus was speaking, I think he was addressing this and using terminology and language that the everyday people could understand. So when he said, I am the bread of life, he was saying, I am the center of your very existence. I am the core. I am the centerpiece of the table. Bread is mentioned over 300 times in Scripture. Nearly in every book you can find a reference to bread. In fact, in the very first book in Genesis, chapter 3, verse 90, it says, In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread. That's the first mention of it. Then from the beginning it was established that bread was the main thing. It's in Genesis chapter 19, verse 3. It says, Then he made a feast and baked unleavened bread. Now, can I just pause on this? If Chantel called me at midday and said, You need to get home early tonight because I am cooking you a feast. I'm thinking she's going to do her Mexican chili. We're going to have nachos, enchiladas, okay? We're going to town. And the table's going to be spread, okay? Now, if I got home, and I love my wife, but if I got home and... I think this is some kind of joke. But it says that he made them a feast. And in Bible times, bread was the feast. The bread was the feast. The Bible calls it a feast. And every meal, the Bible says that Jesus broke bread. The Bible says also that the early church went to house to house and they broke bread. The Last Supper for us is a communion meal. It's where we remember Jesus. We remember his sacrifice. But for them, it wasn't a communion meal. It was the last meal. If I was going away, maybe I'd been called up into the army, and I was going away for a few months or years from my family, and we were having a last meal together, I don't think we'd be just having a loaf of bread. We'd be, we'd be getting some good takeaway in. But in Jesus' last meal with his disciples, it says... They broke bread. Because bread was the main thing. Today it's just an afterthought. How many times have we been halfway through dinner and Chantel said, Oops, I left the bread in the oven. Has anyone ever done that? You're having, you're having some pizza or something, you leave the garlic bread in the oven and you forget about it because it's just an afterthought. And we're like, oh, it's okay. Because bread is now just an afterthought. I mean, do you remember growing up, there was bakeries everywhere. The bakery was the center point of the high street. People would be queuing up. I remember queuing up as a, as a young lad to try and get fresh bread every day. In fact, it gave, it gave the community a sense of purpose and people would queue up to get their fresh bread. But today, it's just so much preservatives and artificials in it now that it will last a month. That's for another sermon. But I think we're getting the point that bread was essential in Jesus' day. You could go about nuts or vegetables or even meat at the table, but not bread. So Jesus comes to the crowd and he says, I am. I am. His very first description of who he was, he uses bread. I am the bread 
of life. I am the very core of our existence. I want to talk, and the message is titled, The Bread of Life. The Bread of Life. I was in London on Wednesday at a meeting, and uh, as I was walking, I was beginning just to get some thoughts together and write some thoughts down on my phone as I was walking through the streets. had about an hour of walking, and we were beginning, and I thought, am I on the right page here? Am, am I hearing from God? Because I want to get this right for today. And um, I look up, and right in front of me, the street ahead of me, this is what I saw. <laughs> I didn't even know there was a bread street in London. But I was like, the Holy Spirit, never, never be afraid to look for things around you to confirm the things that the Holy Spirit is talking, okay? Often God will show you natural things to confirm spiritual things, okay? Don't ever be afraid of those moments. They're actually real moments that, you know, just, just allow, sometimes God uses people, things, birds, nature, sometimes street names. But I believe that was confirmation for the word you're about to hear now. And I want to show you three things that God's shown me over the last few hours that are really going to help us in this series, Tipping Point. Okay, three things we need to establish about the bread of life. And I really encourage you, if you're online, in the room, to just jot these three things down. Number one is this. Bread is the centerpiece. We're in a place in history now, in society, where bread doesn't seem to be the centerpiece. And often... We get so busy in life. Who's a busy person? Who's already just sitting there going, how on earth am I going to get to do this, everything I've got to do this week, tomorrow? We're all busy, okay? We all get distracted. We've got, lives are full. School runs, doctor's appointments, university exams. So many things we've got to get to this week. And our world is busy, busy, busy. For me, it's, at the moment, it's building plans and budgets and fundraising. And life is hectic. And the problem is, what happens in the middle of our lifestyle, and it's not that we don't love Jesus, it's not that we don't love church, it's not that, but the ha- what's happened is Jesus has been moved to the side of the table. And so many other things take the center place in our lives. And we see the challenges in society and in culture, and it's simply because Jesus has gone from center to side stage. He is just now an afterthought in people's lives. If I've got nothing else on, I'll come to church. If I, if I get some rest time, I'll pray. If I can find some time, I might read my Bible. And so Jesus, who used to be at the center of society, of life, has now drifted to the edge. And the very first thing he teaches the crowd, he says, I am. I am the bread of life. And bread has slowly been pushed aside. Hasn't been just pushed aside for many. It's been pushed off the table altogether. And I believe as we fast and we pray, and these three or four weeks, are, these are pivotal weeks for our church, because what we're doing is we're moving Jesus back into the center. Jesus is not the side dish of your life. He is the main dish. He is the main dish. Our new building, it is glorious, it is magnificent, is not the main dish. Jesus is. Jesus is. I wonder what is taking center stage 
in your life right now. I wonder if it's worry, fear, work, career, all the things. Because often things, I don't think we go, I don't think we just do this. I think it's a very gradual process. I met someone a few weeks ago, they said, John, we just do church every other week now. I said, oh, really? Why is that? Oh, I've just got so much on. It's a side dish. It's a side dish. Yet Jesus said, if you want to find life, you've got to make sure the bread is at the center of the table. Jesus is not an appetizer in our day. He is the main course. Forgive me, Lord, if anything else has taken the place as you as the center of my life. You know, football is now the center of people's lives. Netflix is now the center of people's lives. Trying to get people out to do things for church. Oh, in the middle of a box set. Really? Our roast dinners are now the center of people's lives. And none of these things are wrong. They've just become center stage. And Jesus just finds himself as a small basket on the end of our lives. And occasionally, when we get desperate, occasionally, when we really need something, we might start having a nibble. Jesus is saying, the start of this year, Jesus at the center of it all. You know, this is a strange thing, but God actually describes himself as jealous. He says in Exodus chapter 20, verse 5, You shall not worship or serve them, for I am the Lord your God. I am a jealous God. God is, God is a jealous God. He, what is he jealous of? He's jealous when something takes center stage in our lives. Why? Because he knows when he's center, things flourish. Things are healthy. So he's not jealous because he needs to be there. He's jealous because he knows when he is center of your life, everything else evolves around him. Your health, your marriage, your finances, everything else will flourish when Jesus is at the center. When he's on the side, he's like, I can't do anything. I'm simply a spectator staring into your life. I'm looking into the arena of your life, but I cannot help unless you place me as the centerpiece of your life. There is nothing I can do. I've got to have Jesus at the center. I've got to have Jesus in the middle of my job. Jesus in the middle of my university. We've got to have Jesus in the center of this church. We can have all the lights, the screen. We can have the professionalism. We can have all the gifting. But there's something greater than gifting and skill and professionalism. That's bread. That's bread. That's bread. There's something that can outlast your time on earth. You know what that is? Bread. I want a legacy, but it's bread that gives me a legacy. There's something which is even greater than your qualifications. Bread. Bread will outlast you. You know what else will bread will do? Bread will keep you young. Because Jesus is the giver of life. I know when someone's around Jesus because it's coming out of them. There's an energy and a fun and a life about them. Come on, we've got to get Jesus, the centerpiece in our life. Bread will keep oil in your lamp. Give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning. Give me oil in my lamp, I pray. Come on, 
me oil in my lamp, keep me burning, keep me burning till the break of You ready? Sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna to the King of Kings. Sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna to the King. See, you do know it. But do you know what bread does? Bread gives you the oil in your lamp to keep you burning. So the question is this, is Jesus at the center? I can preach in my gift, I'm a gifted communicator, or I can preach with bread. You can lead your job, you can lead your business in your gift, in your natural ability. You can go into tomorrow, or you can go in with bread, with Jesus at the center. We need bread in our church. We came back from South Africa. You may have noticed we made some changes in our services, because we want to make sure that the bread is the center. The center of what we do is the bread. When you go into a restaurant, they can have great atmosphere and great lights and great music. But let me tell you, if the food ain't good, I ain't coming back. I want to make sure the bread is warm for you. I want to make sure the bread is ready. I want to make sure that people are feasting and feeding on the bread. The run sheet's not the center. We don't want great coffee and no bread. We don't want skilled musicians and no bread. We don't want a slick, short, in and out service and there's no bread. I want people to come here and they can't get a seat. They're standing up because they're so hungry for the bread of life. I am the bread of life. We need to make sure we're giving people a big dose of bread in our youth ministry, a big dose of bread in the kids' ministry. When you go into uni, you're feeding the people around you a big dose of bread. Everything else is secondary to Jesus. We need bread in our churches. You know where else we need bread? We need bread in our homes. Not enough just to show up for church. Got to know how to have church in home. Got to love the church, parents. We've got to love Jesus and make sure our kids can see that we love Jesus and love the church. How do we expect our kids to fall in love with something we criticize? When you go home, make sure we're not criticizing the church, not criticizing the leaders, the kids' ministry, the worship. We love church. We love Jesus. I want my children, I want miracle and justice to love the house of God, be found in the house of God every day. Got to fetch fresh, fresh bread into the house. When the Israelites were in the wilderness, two million of them, the Bible says it literally in Exodus 16, 4, it says, And the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. Can you imagine bread raining down into your back garden? I mean, that's actually hard to imagine, but that's what the Bible says, so I believe it. So the Bible rained down bread. Now, listen to this. God could have dropped bread into the tents, onto their laps. But he didn't. It says, I want you to go out of the tent and fetch the bread. Come with me. Every day, you've got to get out of your comfort, your warm bed, your place, whatever your tent is, and you have to fetch the bread. God's not just going to drop a miracle on your lap. He says, I want you to get out of the tent, get out of where it is comfortable, and I want you to go and fetch fresh bread today. That's why Jesus taught his disciples. He said, give us today our... Which word? Which word? 
daily. Jesus did not feed, uh, God did not feed the Israelites for a week, a month. He fed them for the day. He says, I want you to take personal responsibility. We have to get out of our house and get into our car, onto our bicycle, or put our trainers on and come into the house and fetch the bread. This is why the dangers of online churches, people aren't doing something. And churches just become ambience in people's homes. We've got to fetch the bread. Fetch it. The BBC is not our bread for the day. Instagram is not your bread. Facebook is not your bread. TED Talks is not your bread. All those things are okay. They are just side dishes. But Jesus is the centerpiece of our church, and Jesus is the centerpiece of our home. We've got to go to God's Word every single morning and find a fresh batch of bread for the day. Jesus wants to get back into the center of our churches and our homes. We've got to feed on what is for today. By the way, don't just feed on what was for yesterday. Don't live with yesterday's spirit. Oh, I remember when we used to go to Hillsong Conference. I remember when we used to go to this conference and that conference. God is doing something new. That was, that was right for that day. But this is a new day. This is a new season. I don't want, know what God is going to do for this year or next year. All I know is he's got fresh bread for me. And I can't live with yesterday's spirit, yesterday's memories, yesterday. Give us this day our daily bread. Don't feed off what once was. Do you know that the, the, the Bible says that the Israelites didn't get the bread. If they didn't get the bread today, it would collect worms. Why? Because bread goes stale. Don't allow anything, the worms of yesterday, to eat you up. Live with that fresh bread. Find fresh bread. You know what? I want to be a breadwinner. Every day I want to be a breadwinner. Mums and dads, we're breadwinners. You're breadwinners. I'm not talking about being financial breadwinners in this point. I'm talking about spiritual breadwinners. I'm the spiritual breadwinner. I wonder if my children can sense there's bread in the home. Sometimes Chantelle will make fresh bread. And I know when she's making bread, because when I walk in, you walk in the door. I love the smell of bread. I wonder when people come in your home where they can smell the bread. I wonder if people come into church, they can smell the bread. They can, I wonder if they, oh, it's just trendy. I never want that word used in soul church. It's just a trendy church. I want to be known as a bakery where people come in and they can smell the bread. It's fresh. Something's cooking. Something's baking. Something's in the atmosphere. We're about to receive a good meal. We're about to receive some strength and help that's going to get us through today. I wonder when your children need help. I wonder if there's bread at hand. One way we have the word in our mouths where we can, we can pray over our kids and speak words of life. Do you have bread in your mouth? Do you have bread in your spirit? Does your family have confidence that you're the breadwinner of their home? Are your kids dragging you to church? Or as a family, you hold hands saying, we can't wait. Tomorrow is God's house. Better is one day in your courts, Lord, than a thousand elsewhere. Why is better than one day? Because there's fresh bread. Number one, bread is the centerpiece. Number two, Bread is the sauce. I love bread sauce. I love the bread sauce cafe. We use many of their fine, fine dining products in our cafe. 
Stephen Hanna were in the last service, and they are standout entrepreneurs, by the way, that family, and God's used them mightily. But, you know, there's something even greater than the bread sauce. Um, by the way, they're mince pies. <laughs> oh, my word. Anyway, but there's something even greater than the bread sauce, mince pies, and their bread. It's the name, bread sauce. I love that name. There's something, something about that name that Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I am the source of life. You know, I encourage you that Jesus is the source. If you're weak, he's the source of your strength. And as we fast and pray and draw closer to God, there is actually something that satisfies us more than natural bread. It's spiritual bread. And Chantal and I have been praying and fasting and attempting the big five this week. I turned to her yesterday, we went for a little jog together, and I said, I'm actually losing my appetite for natural food, which is really strange, because the first two days, it's kind of a little bit out there. It's all sorts of toxins leading your body and caffeine cravings and all sorts. But after three or four days, I began to feel that actually my hunger isn't... Of course, we're always hungry, but God can fill even the natural craving. And it's something I can only... I can't explain it until you felt it. But when you fast, you start craving the bread of life because he is the source of our strength. And if you're weak today, Jesus, if you're worried, Jesus, if you're down, if you're broke, he is there. If you're depressed, if you're lonely, if you're suicidal, he is the source. He is the bread of life. Exodus 15, 2 says, The Lord is my strength. He is my song. I declare Jesus right now, the bread of life into your family. The bread of life over your worries this week. The bread of life over every sick person. The bread of life right now, we bring you back in the center. Jesus, just whisper his name right now, Jesus. As you whisper his name, he's coming back to the center of your life. Jesus. He is the source. He is also the source of your supply. We're living in economically challenging times with the rise in energy and interest rates and all the inflation challenges, but I want to encourage you, and we're going to keep speaking God's favor over you for this whole year, that God is the source of your supply. In the 90s, our family was struggling financially. I was only a young teenager, but I remember... My dad had been laid off work, and as a family, we were struggling. And God gave mum an idea. Mum's in this service. There she is. Just gives, gives a wave. And uh, she started a business called Bread Baskets by Jillian, which is her name. I think we've got some pictures. There she is. And um, she basically got this idea where you get natural bread. She put some sort of secret solution in it. <laughs> Trade secret, she called it. And varnished them up and all sorts of flour engine around it. And in the middle of what was a recession back in the early 90s, God carried our family through with an idea, and it literally was bread from heaven. She was telling me some of the stories on Friday about some of the miracles that as a family we saw through five or six years of her selling her bread baskets. You know, in the middle of this recession, in the middle of what we're going through economically, the bread is your source. He is the source of your supply. I believe that God is going to give you, just like he gave my mum, I believe God is going to give you 
ideas. Entrepreneurial ideas, connections, contracts. God is going to shelter us from the storm. If you are a, a small business owner, a business owner, just lift up your hand. I'm going to pray right now. Come on, right now. I'm going to pray for protection over you in this, in this time. I lift up my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip in this season. He is the source of your strength. He is the source of your supply. So Father, right now we receive supply from you. I have been young and now I have been old. Yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. Begging for bread. God's supply is more than enough. Receive it by faith right now in Jesus' name. I receive it by faith over this church. You will lack for nothing. Jesus' name. Feast on Jesus. It's going to give you fresh bread, fresh ideas, fresh strategies. You're going to wake you up. It's going to wake you up this week in the night and give you a new idea. A new idea. You've been living off old ideas in your business and God's saying, I'm going to give you some fresh ideas. As Jesus becomes centerpiece on your table again, I'm going to give you some new ideas. New ideas. He is the bread source of your supply. There's a story told during the bombing raids in World War II where thousands of children were orphaned and left to starve in the UK. And after experiencing the fright and abandonment, many of these children were rescued and sent to refugee camps where they received food and shelter. Many of the kids, they'd experienced so much loss and trauma, they couldn't sleep at night as they were terrified that when they woke up, they would find themselves again homeless and hungry. And nothing the adults did seemed to reassure them until someone thought of the idea to send the child to bed with a loaf of bread. And holding on to their bread, the children were able to sleep. And if they woke up frightened in the night, the bread seemed to remind them, I ate today and I will eat tomorrow. Just as those little children held on to natural bread, we hold on to bread, the bread of life. He is our supply. He is the source of your strength. He is the source of your supply. And the thirdly, Jesus, he is the source of your safety. We are protected. Jesus took the bread, he took it in his hands and he broke it. And I want to encourage you that there is safety in his hands. Broken or blessed, I'm still in his hands. Whether you're struggling with fear, anxiety, whether you're struggling with what tomorrow may hold, there is protection in his hands. I am the source. And number three, and I'm going to land on this. Bread is the centerpiece. Bread is the source. And bread is the tipping point. This is huge. You see, the devil doesn't just want the bread. The devil doesn't just want the bread on the side of the table. He wants the bread in the bread bin. He wants the bread off the table completely. He wants God out of the schools. He just, just took him out of the classroom. Now he's saying, I don't just want him out of the classroom because the devil's end came is to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And so now we're moving God out of society altogether. Bread has left the schools. Bread has left society. Bread has left the universities. Bread has left the, uni- the, the, the family unit. Bread has left every part of society. And we think the answer is to remove more bread. 
bread now offends people. And society says, you know what? We'll just put Jesus in the bin. And society, crime, drug abuse, suicide, divorce, everything's going through the roof. This is why. Because Jesus went in the bin. He went from the center to the side to the bin. We've got to get bread back on the table. We've got to get bread out of the bin and back in the center. And you know where it starts? It starts with us. Before we can transform culture and society, it's got to start in followers of Jesus. We've got to get bread back into schools, to Christian unions. We've got to get bread back into churches that are actually prepared to speak about truth. Churches to stand up for unborn babies. As a church, we're going to start doing this more and more. We've got to, get ch- we've got to start getting the bread out of the bin. Churches to make a stand for biblical marriage. We've got to get the bread out of the bin. Because Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, which leads to life. If you leave the bread in the bin, it goes stale. It's exactly what's happening with culture. Well, John, it's not politically correct. We don't answer to what's politically correct. We answer to what is biblically correct. We've got to get the Bible back in the center. This is a tipping moment, tipping point moment in history. Come with me, you ready? What's the first thing that you do when you want to lose weight? Cut out the bread. Oh, hang on. What's culture done? Cut out the bread. Tipping point, we've lost weight. The weight of the word, the weight of church. So when you bring the bread back, things start tipping again. Culture starts tipping back. But we've got to get some Christians who say, I'm prepared to stand for the truth. I've got to stand for truth. Could it be the bread of life is the very thing that we've been waiting for to tip the scales back? We've got to bring back the bread. We've got to bring back the bread. Come on, let's empty the bread bin. Let's fill the table. Let's get Jesus back in the center where he belongs. Come on, is there anyone who says, I want to hunger and thirst for the bread of life? It is life-giving. It is transforming. It will change schools, universities. It will change society. It will change culture. We've got to get the bread back. Hallelujah. Come on, let's lift our hands. Let's begin to worship. Hallelujah. I can sense the presence of God here today. This is a tipping point message for our church. This is a tipping point that I feel like today, we will look back on today, in this moment. If you're saying, John, I'll be honest, maybe I can just have my loaf of bread back, my basket, just real quick, thank you. If you're saying today, John, I'll be honest, I'll be honest, Jesus, he's just been at the side of the table. Thank you. He's just been at the side of the table. Jesus has just been an afterthought. My career has been centered. My family even has been centered. Everything's been centered. But today, Jesus, today I want to put you back in your rightful place. 
That might be beginning by opening your Bible tomorrow. That might be beginning by, by prayer. That might be beginning by jumping on the fast. You're saying, God, I, I hunger and thirst for you. I want the bread of life. I've tried everything else and it just doesn't satisfy. It's left this big gap in my life. Just like the crowd on the mountain. Jesus said, I've got something even greater. I've got the bread of life. You're saying, I want a Jesus back in the center. I want you to slip up your hand right now. If you're saying Jesus at the center. Jesus at the center. Step out. Step out of your seat. Come and join me down the front. We're going to try and squeeze as many. Coming down. You're saying Jesus at the center. It's always been about you, but I've let you slip towards the side. Come on, step out. We're going to seek after God's face. We're going to place Jesus at the center of the table again. Is anyone out there saying, I want to be the breadwinner in my house? I want to be the breadwinner. I want to be the person going out to catch the bread. Get the bread, fresh bread. It's a daily feast waiting for you. You can feast at his table. There's so many other tables that are distracting us, but the table laid for us is the table set out with fresh bread. We can receive strength and provision and direction. I'm hungry for the bread of life. Nothing else will satisfy. So Father, right now, would you stretch out your hands just to, to this, this group who've come down and they're hungry for more of God. Jesus. Jesus. If you're watching online right now, you can respond. You can lift your hand in your bedroom, in your living room, wherever you're watching right now. May Jesus be the center of your home, your business, wherever you're listening right now. Father, we receive. Come on, receive fresh bread right now. He is your supply. He is your protection. Thank you, Jesus. We're sorry when we've allowed other things to take your place. You are the center of our lives. Hallelujah. Come on, let's just sing this out. I'm bringing back the bread. Psalm 57. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. You know what? I want my heart and my flesh, the first thing they cry out for, is not fame not fortune, not food. The first thing my heart cries out for is for the living God. When we wake up tomorrow, fresh bread from heaven. God's got fresh bread. What's your name, sir? In Burma. God's got his hand on you. Never met you before, but I want you to know that God's made you, I can see, pretty physically strong on the outside. I wouldn't want to meet you one-on-one, -on -one, but just as God's created you strong on the outside, he's going to create some inner strength. There's a leader in you that's about to come out. And as you feast on the bread of life, I know you probably feast on a whole load of proteins and other stuff, to, but there's a, there's a spiritual food that God's going to give you a fresh hunger for. And people are going to be attracted to you. There's a lot, there's a lot more on your life than you could ever realize. As you, as you keep feeding on God, God's going to open doors for you. God's going to use your life. And there's some dreams and desires that He's placed in there. Maybe you've never even shared with anyone. God's going to give you the desires of your heart as you delight yourself in Him. So Father God, maybe some other guys around, just place your hand on your shoulder. Just step forward. Babe. Just step forward. Father, I thank you for my brother. Lord, I thank you, Father God, 
that there will be a fresh hunger for the bread of life. Father, I thank you that you set him apart. You've chosen him, Father. Just as David was set apart from his brothers, he was set apart from the rest. You've set him apart. And he is a warrior for you, Father God. You've made him strong on the outside, but you're making him stronger on the inside, Father. I pray that you'd put a spiritual fight inside of him, Father God. He would be a man who would stand for truth. He would be a man who would feast on your word, the bread of life, Father God. Protect him, Father God. May Jesus remain in the center. May he be the source in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, one more time. Let's sing this out. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. May that be our prayer this week. May you be in the center of every moment, every meeting, every school run. May we keep you in the center of our attention. Father, we thank you that you are the source. When we feel weak, you are the bread of life. When we feel vulnerable, you are our strength. When we're down to nothing, you have something. I thank you, Father, as we bring bread back to the center, we will begin to see things tipping again. But it starts with us. I pray, Father God, we would stand for truth with grace. You would help us as a church, Father God, in the times we live in. We take bread out of the bin and we place it back into the center of the table. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's thank God for his word today. I want to live on Bread Street. Bread Street. I'm guessing back in the day, they used to sell bread, but bread's just been, Bread Street's just a name. I pray I won't just be, my, my name won't be just labeled Christian. This church wouldn't just be church, but we'd be known as a place where people come who are hungry and they find food and they find nourishment, they find help. Whether it's through the social supermarket, Jesus helped people naturally before he fed people spiritually. So we take this story, let's apply it to our everyday. Before we close, I want to give everyone an opportunity. If you do not know Jesus as your personal savior, this is your moment right now. If you're saying today, John, someone invited me here. I kind of just showed up to church, came to the wonder, watched online. You're in the room, wherever you are. I want you to know, friend, Jesus loves you. He wants to be the bread for your life. He wants to be a place where you can rest, find strength, find nourishment. But it starts with making a decision to invite Jesus to be the Savior of your life. You're saying, John, today I want to receive Jesus as my personal Savior. I want to say goodbye to my past and I want to open a brand new chapter with Jesus at the center. I'm not going to prolong this. You've heard the message today. If you say, Jesus, I want you to be at the center of my life. Come on, after three, one, two, three, just slip up your hand and say, John, pray for me. God bless you. 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 Anyone else? God bless you. Beautiful. Amazing. Anyone else say, that's me, pray for me. I want to let Jesus be the center of my life. All right, hands down, we're going to say this prayer out loud. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for going to the cross to forgive all my sin and my failures 
so that I can have a brand new start. Please come into my life and help me by the power of the Holy Spirit to trust and to live for you. Amen. Amen. Would you congratulate everyone who said that prayer? We've got a gift for you. If you said that prayer, and guess what it is? It's bread. It's a bread book. This is a book of promises. It's a book that we want to give you so every day you can take some moments and and feed off this and find strength. So make sure you come and see one of the team. We'll be out there. And there's also a lounge that says Connect Lounge. And so if you lifted up your hand, we want to connect with you. Head into the Connect Lounge. And we'd love to congratulate you and help you on that decision. I also want to say this to everyone in the room. If you do not have a Bible, okay? If you do not have a Bible, please come and find me. Okay? If you have a Bible that's collecting dust, open that one. If you do not have a Bible at home, please come and find us. We want to make sure we give you the source of strength you're going to need for this week. And it's full. There's over 6,000 promises in this book to help you find new life and to get through this week. So make sure you find someone out in the foyer. Let us know and we might, we'll make sure we give you a Bible. Thanks again for tuning in. And if you said the salvation prayer today, we'd love for you to email connecttofaith at soulchurch.com so we can talk to you a little bit more about this incredible decision that you've just made. Yeah, you know, and if at any point in the service you felt moved to give towards any of our local or global initiatives, then head to soulchurch.com and click on the giving at the top of the page. Thanks again for joining us today. And we hope to see you again soon. God bless.